0: Everyone, welcome to Covenants with Dr. Michael David Clay and Carolyn Barnett. Carolyn, we have an interesting yes. program today. Yes, I we had do. to kind of reflect on that a bit because I didn't know exactly how to get into it. Um, we do like the Highlight Ministries. I think by yes. now our listeners probably are well aware of that, mm-hmm. and uh, it never ceases to amaze me uh, how God will present. To us via you, uh, a particular individual or person who is uh, obviously Highlight Ministries is in ministry. Uh, but we have on our program today another pastor, and you know it, it may be about churches. Um, I think <laughs> I think they're high profile, right? I mean, if you see a steeple and you see a cross on it, you think, okay, that's ministry. Uh, I would like to encourage, that gives me this moment to say this, uh, set it up that way, that context, that I'd like to encourage anybody out there, and what it used to call it, TV land, now it's called it Radio Land. <laughs> anybody out there, W E M M land, Radio Land, that would have a ministry. You don't have to be part of a church, right? You don't have to be a pastor. You just have to have a heart, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. for people, serve God, and a <laughs> story. By the, uh, uh, the, the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, mm-hmm. you have to have a testimony. Jesus does his part. But if you have a testimony, we'd love to have you on the program. That's right. I don't know, I mean, that's about as open an invitation, right, (laughs) as I know how to extend, unless you could maybe say
1: it better. I know, we would love to have um, some feedback as, you know, even if there's a ministry that you would like to have on our program, I don't think we've ever thrown it out that way, but if there's a a ministry that you'd like to learn more about, and we have some that are in the works that um, are in the process of being scheduled, but um, God intervened and our guest today was is kind of a, a divine intervention sort of and so uh, we're excited to have them today and I'm really excited about the ones that are coming up. Well, and, and
0: I am sure. <laughs> I, I am not a... Um, what do they do when you dial the phone number up and you talk to the, the person that's supposed to be able to see into the future? Oh, the psychic Psychic, Hotline that's the word. Or I couldn't, whatever. It could come to my mind. <laughs> I kind of put those things out of my mind, but it wasn't coming to my mind. I'm not anything inclined to be the witch of Endor, a psychic... Uh, And I do believe that there are those type of spirits, familiar spirits. But, you know, I can say this with all prophecy and I know it's going to be true. He's got a testimony. (laughs) It's going to be about something that God has called him to Mm -hmm. and that uh, he has found Jesus to be in or with along the way as much Mm -hmm. he's accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior and joined together with Christ. And that with that, it didn't seem like it was going to start out really, really well. There was always some degree of challenge that goes along with it. But as it is with everything, it seems to be with God. Not that God makes it that way. I guess because he made us the way he made us but everything in human dimension requires a faith walk it takes courage yes to, sure. to lay it all down <laughs> to step out in faith and to do something mm-hmm. especially when it seems like you're going to be asked to make something out of possibly the biggest nothing <laughs> that's out there other than a vision other than God has given you a vision but our guest, and we won't give the name just yet, but our guest is Pastor and he had that kind of experience. But I am sure there are other individuals who are listening to the program right now. Maybe they're still in the vision stage. Mm-hmm. Maybe the stage has been, maybe it's like uh, arrested development. Maybe they've been stuck in the vision. But God has a need for you to release allow that to be released, I'm going to say release yourself from bondage, whatever that might be, and to step out in courage and take the first step. Because if you do that, I am sure, again, that's exactly what our guest today is going to talk about. (laughs) Why do I say that prophetically? And that's an interesting thought too. Prophecy would be, I am sure Mm -hmm. that There'll be something that comes to pass. There'll be a fruition of that vision, not just something, but along the lines of that vision. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, much like the <laughs> I was thinking of the prophets when they would, you know, prophesy and thus saith the Lord. But we know that uh, God orchestrates, and it is a faith walk because, honestly, sometimes people, oh, sure, yeah, I'll come, you know, talk on the program, but. I don't know when I can get there, it's, you know that we
0: are. We've had some of them say they didn't want to <laughs> because they really weren't sure if we were credible.
1: I didn't know that. Yes. Well. And I may not be. I, may
0: not. I don't know. I'm the last person to judge B. But again, we're just asking folks to come and tell their story. Right. I don't think I spin it. I try not to even know too much about it so I don't manipulate it. I just try to allow them, I try to work it together into what otherwise the Lord has given us to speak on.
1: As I shared with our guest today, I shared we don't give out pre-written questions. I get that question a lot. And I said we prefer for the Holy Spirit to sort of lead the conversation and... He was really excited about that, so I thought, well, this is good, Um, because sometimes people get nervous, and then they, you know, they, oh, what am I going to talk about, but, um, and they come with their notes, (laughs) which is fine. I am all about notes, and I love handwritten, but uh, we would definitely love to hear if you have any ideas, or if you are still, like David said, in that vision, you know, sort of stuck Come on, because we still need to hear those stories. We need to hear people in every phase of what's going on in their work for God. We need to hear about it. And and
0: again, it's not ours to script, but it is God's. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have a bit of a say. Uh, again, everyone's unique, and they're going to see the vision maybe in somewhat... Of a unique or specific sort of way, uh, even if it's the common vision, you know, even if it is the Habakkuk kind of vision, uh, or the word, the Bible, Holy Bible, sort of narrative or vision, we're all going to approach God, and we're going to approach what He's called us to. But, but centrally speaking, the vision is to promote Jesus, right? Right? And what better way than to not only say you believe in Jesus? but to put your money where your mouth is and to go out and live it in the kind of way that really is a testimony that you believe in Jesus. And yes, it's going to be hard. We've discussed that on the program or the podcast before. Uh, But God will be with you every step of the way. Mm
1: -hmm. Yes, I think about... (laughs) Do you, I'm going to put you on a spot. I'm going to turn the tables. (laughs) Do you sing in the car? Carolyn, you've heard me sing.
0: (laughs) Sometimes that's the only place that I can get away with singing is in the car. Otherwise, they tell me,
1: shut up. No, he has a good voice. Uh, I'm asking because we had one of our guests, actually. I remember she shared a testimony about singing in the car and just worshiping God and raising her hand and Just and hopefully she didn't raise both hands and she was <laughs> driving and that kind of testimony that, um, I don't know, that uh, enthusiasm I'm not sure what the right word is for that but charisma but that intrigued me Because we can get caught up in the world. And, you know, I mean, have you been in the car and you're thinking, those people are going to think I'm crazy. You know, and you're singing. But it really doesn't matter because if I just believe, and I've always said that if I honor God, I believe he'll honor me. Yes. And so... You know, it may be taking a step of faith, like you said, and sort of stepping out. Maybe it's out of your comfort zone. Maybe you're nervous about talking on a broadcast, podcast. But I think you can trust me when I say that the Holy Spirit, like you said, will be with you every step of the way, and He will guide you and lead you in that.
0: So Samuel's dead. Did you know that? It's said in my Bible. And, you know, yes. I've gone through the Bible several times. I'm being, I'm being a bit facetious over the top. But I'm at that point. And, you know, that's the interesting thing about the Word. As I read it, it's like, yes, I do. I'm, I don't remember enough of it. I wish I would remember more of it because I've gone through it so many times. And I, I don't know that I say that pridefully, but I just want to say that in a way to capture it's arduous to go through the Bible. Mm-hmm every time i go through it it's like i've got movies on dvds because i like the idea of the movie or i really enjoy it the first time but i never watch them again i read the word of god every day and the story never gets old mm-hmm. and so first samuel i think it's 22 23 24 somewhere along there because that's what i covered this morning samuel's dead But the context of that, right? And it seems real to me. I mean, it seems like it just happened. (laughs) But the context to me, or for me, or for our listeners, Mm -hmm. is that Samuel's dad, and then in light of our, again, conversation today on the podcast, and Samuel was really, really important. He was. He was important in a lot of ways, but two primary characters stand out. As to speaking to Samuel's importance. Three if you include God in that. There was God, but there was Saul, right? And there was David. Mm -hmm. And, of course, God told Samuel about Saul, how he would appear and he would be the anointed one and made sure that Samuel knew he could tell Saul was the anointed one, the chosen one. But also, when Saul started to do the things he started to do, which didn't take very long by the way, <laughs> with some air of disobedience, and I don't know that it was so much defiance as maybe it was just ignorance. I don't think Saul understood you need to be, again, very in tune with the Word of God. Now again, we've already in previous podcasts established that for that time, that Place and time, Samuel was almost could be seen as the living word. I mean, he was carrying the word to the people. Uh, The voice of God had kind of gotten lost Mm -hmm. in all the humanity, overtaken by all the humanity. And with that, then, when he went to Saul, he picked Saul, God picked Saul, but he anointed Saul based on what God had told him Mm -hmm. we're going to be signs. But then Saul, in his ignorance, didn't obey. He didn't follow the rules as he needed to or the word of God in such a way that he stayed in alignment with
1: God. Do you think he was strong enough to, at that point to do that? Because sometimes I feel like he kind of caved. He listened to those other men. Remember he blamed it on them. And oh they said to do this, I wonder if he just... Wasn't strong enough in his own faith to stand up and, I mean, we know the story, how it played out. and We know it's supposed to go that way. But sometimes I wonder if he just wasn't strong enough to say no and, and follow what Samuel said. Well, I think you're right. He just didn't do it.
0: And, and okay, so you could say, okay, well, why? Mm-hmm. He was a Benjamite, by the way. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if that has, probably does, right, have something to do with it. Lion of the tribe of Judah, David, Jesse. So, so, this notion that there was some importance contextually, even there. But was the word strong? Was right. Saul brought up in the word? He was, didn't follow was, it. was Saul a, a person of heart faith, courage, mm-hmm. head faith? You sure. tell somebody what to do. You can kind of make yourself in obedience do it, but if it's not sprinkled with, if not, then a little leaven leaveneth the whole, even in a positive sort of way.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That the heart, faith, the courage—that's where he lacked—the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. was not strong enough. Nope. Because when it comes down to head versus heart, there wasn't enough heart to be able to convince Saul mm-hmm. to follow what God had told him completely mm-hmm. for whatever reason mm-hmm. I don't know that his life was so much in peril in the earliest stages of his disobedience but he was tall <laughs> so maybe he never got challenged but I will say this I could give him that ignorance wasn't strong enough but here was David David and again contextually whatever that might matter or mean I'm sure it means a lot genealogy means a lot I don't know that it means a lot like in what maybe today's kind of context or terms we might say it, it would mean because usually in today's terms we'd say well you got there because you inherited it no genealogy kind of also mean you were taught certain things mm-hmm. genealogy can mean that not only are the genetics there which you really can't do a whole lot in an immediate sort of way. I think eventually you can override some of the genetic stuff by just being healthy and good, holistic health and good practices. But certainly you can raise up a child in the way of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Yes. Socialization. You can... Even birth order, order, which is probably important in psychological terms to somebody like me or you in, in, in our understanding of psychology. But birth order has a lot to do with it. But David was brought up not only in terms of knowledge, but he had the element of faith and courage. Right. And he also was a runt. He really wasn't. He was smaller than Saul. I've heard the sermons and they kind of present that way. But David was a nice looking guy. Mm-hmm. Apparently. And he, and he must have had some strength physically about him. Right. He just probably didn't stand out above the, uh, the crowd as Saul did in an iconic sort of way. And he was pretty humble because he was the youngest. Now, sometimes the youngest is the spoiled one and maybe he was. But not in this case. Because all those other brothers, and particularly with the Hebrew tradition, the firstborn, but all those other brothers were like not out in the fields (laughs) watching the sheep and taking on bears so they could then eventually take on Goliath.
1: Well, I, I think they both have some similarities, obviously. And Samuel was led to both of them. But I just feel like that Saul, I think about the, the things that he kept and, you know, Samuel comes up and what does that sound I hear? I feel like Saul, and, and this is like not judgment because I feel like we do the same thing, but Saul wanted what he wanted. And he, at times, wanted to do what he wanted to do. And I feel like David may have wanted, and we see him act later and, and and do some things that he wants. But I feel like at his heart he wants what God wants, and I think that there lies the the split between the two of them. Because Saul, you know, may have started out with good intentions, but he just he couldn't get there because it wasn't in the heart of him. I don't think.
0: Well, I think you're absolutely again right. I think Saul was prideful, which. Mm-hmm. Tends to suggest either by virtue of his good looks, his good looks, mm-hmm. David was attracted mm-hmm. to, but Saul was like a man's man. I mean, mm-hmm. he stood out above the crowd. You say that. Right. Stood out above the crowd and looked strong and looked that kingly type, mm-hmm. and I don't think David really had that right. MO. But I think in that, though, That's a disadvantage sometimes because you come to rely upon those things Mm -hmm. rather than really understand. Right. And I don't like to be humiliated. I don't like to be embarrassed. I don't like to feel like I'm inferior. Nobody does. No, shouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) And then we'd say not pride, but low self-esteem. Right. But I think that some of the greatest lessons I've learned, especially the lesson of humility. And humbleness, and with that maybe not only obedience in terms of oh yeah, 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 you're telling me to do it this way, so I guess I have to, but really I think I got a better way and but when it comes to God, not only obedience in those terms to the word, but you'll learn the heart. Mm. Because when nobody else is there to save you and you're responsible to save the sheep, you better have courage. Mm. Now, I don't know. Maybe Saul had been in that situation. I didn't say that. Maybe Samuel knew, because I do think Samuel kind of knew Saul wasn't going to work out. Uh, he, <laughs> he was mad at him because he did the blessing thing and did wait for Samuel to get there. Mm-hmm. right? Um, so there's a personal like angle with Samuel. Well,
1: uh, he kept some of the
0: what the spoils or whatever well yeah but he was even in the battle thing he said go ahead and bring up these sacrifices I'll do the sacrifices cause Samuel it's taking you too long to get here and let me know whether this is the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do and then you're right about the spoil thing and then I thought that was interesting too because the moment that all that finally came to Saul's awareness guess who ended up killing the king the other king it was Samuel took the sword and just cut him into pieces. Mm. (laughs) So there was some element of anger on Samuel's part. Mm -hmm. But I do think that in the end, all that that David went through established him. I don't think he found courage in the sense of created any for himself. Mm -hmm. You know, found the secret formula of courage in the making of it. But he did find courage in the sense that being alone with so much responsibility, you'd almost have to get to the point where you'd say to yourself, if God isn't here, (laughs) I'm in trouble. God, what is it you want me to do? I'm not going to do anything until I'm sure. Mm -hmm. But once you get that first step of faith established, The next one is a little easier. may not be entirely easy. There will always be a bit of a challenge that goes with that faith walk. There will be something that comes up that seems like it causes you to think, well, is this really going to work? But I think all of that was what brought strength out of David's heart. Absolutely. Or at least demonstrated that Mm -hmm. and then allowed that to become manifest. Mm -hmm. But it became manifest most critically I don't know. That's probably an a fair statement. Because I haven't faced down a bear. Right? I haven't. This is true. But it does seem like it starts to manifest itself most critically when Samuel dies. Because up to that point, when David needed to go someplace for consolation, mm-hmm. he talked off to Samuel. But when Samuel dies, Saul's still living. Mm-hmm. Still has some power and authority. And the vision that Samuel had conferred with the anointing of David, it's now up to David to sustain. Mm -hmm. And David's the best he's got around him are people that didn't like Saul. (gasps) Of course, Saul created a lot of problems, right? And enemies along the way. But in the end... David only had the Word of God, which was no longer even in material representation, the vision, as Samuel brought it to him, but now had to be something of a faith walk that came from within him. That's when you find out the real metal, as they say, the true strength of a person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you've got the vision, you step out of faith, and then all of a sudden it goes silent. Mm-hmm. And there's no saying, there's nobody around you to keep saying, oh, but, you know, this is what God wants you to do. You know God wants you to do this. Now, it's not that we should be short on those kind of supports,
1: but it's not always there. No, and I am very much reminded of our adoption walk, which was a big faith journey. And you mentioned a minute ago about, you know, when you have faith one time, and and I was thinking about how I couldn't use that excuse (laughs) with our second adoption that God wouldn't provide because he provided the first time. And I couldn't say, well, I don't know, we don't have the money, Uh, because I had already been through that. So I, I sort of already grew in my faith to that point so that I couldn't use that as an excuse. But we did have a very big struggle and it went silent. It went sideways, it was awful. And the point of it being, God had a plan, and we couldn't see the whole plan, but we had to take courage. And when you said that about David, I just thought, you know, I learned that I can do hard things. It was the hardest thing in the world for me to go to China to adopt a child that didn't necessarily want to go home with us. And did everything in her power to get away from us. So not only did that hurt me personally because I, I think I invested and didn't set proper boundaries, I invest a lot of emotion into that. But also practically speaking, you kind of have to come home with us. <laughs> so I had a big struggle, and it was it, I had fought the bear, I'd went through that, and now it was time to do other things. And, and I think that's
0: where you come to owning it. Mm-hmm. I think that's where you come to a point where you begin to own the vision. That's where you come to a point where somebody comes along and says, well, you're it. You're, you're again now the chosen one. Uh, the anointing is upon you. We've established this. God's established this. He showed me. He gave me signs as if I could speak for Samuel in such terms. And up to that point, I think David owned at least enough of it to know what he was called to. Mm -hmm. But he had to be feeling a lot of stress and frustrations. And again, whether he handled it exactly the right way or not... You could, like you said earlier, that's how it turned out, and so it turned out well. So we could say, well, whether God caused us or wanted it to be that way, didn't really cause, but allowed it to be that way, or whether somehow we brought undue difficulties upon ourselves. Uh, David was wise, conducted himself well, made good decisions. I think all the way. So I don't know that I would have a lot of courage myself putting that on David. I'm sure he, it went through his mind. And he had Saul in the cave <laughs> and he could have killed him. I was just thinking. And about he just him cut, cut that little piece off of yeah. his skirt uh-huh. and he still felt guilty. Right. Yeah. And then he came back out and now laid down in the the, on the ground. <laughs> but my point is this though if you want to own the vision, it's going to get quiet. hmm. It's not going to be that God's not going to be there. It's not that Jesus isn't there. But whatever He has told you, it will only take you so far. If not mixed with faith or courage in the heart. And that's for you. That's not for God. To be able to go ahead and know the word of your testimony. It is God's word. So you can look at it that way. Yeah, it's God's word. He told me. Yes. But the word of your testimony also has to be your agreement with God's word. And it could be about the vision. I think it is about the vision. But even more, it's about the promise of victory. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's overcoming But when Samuel died, all that was left was Saul and a big mess. (laughs) And David and what otherwise Saul had given to David, not only in terms of Saul, but Samuel, given to David in terms of not only word, but maybe there was a courage Mm -hmm. element. Maybe it's watching Samuel. Maybe it's also, even so, as Samuel died... It's consolidating that or allowing that to become your word, mm-hmm. to own it. But until you own it, you are not going to succeed in it. The vision is not going to come to fruition until you, you, personal, out of your will, own it. Which means not only choose to follow Jesus, but really <laughs> follow Jesus. Mm. Now, we're going to take a break.
1: Now that we're all convicted.
0: Yes. <laughs> and uh, want to remind our listeners, before we go to break, they're listening to Covenants with Dr. Michael David Clay and Carolyn Barnett. Uh, by the way, did you know, Carolyn, we're co-sponsored by the WordHouse Incorporated Focus Consultation Services and Covenant Specialized Pastoral Cure Services Christian Counseling Ministry. But we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to hear, I think, a bit of a David story. Uh, but it's not going to come from David. Uh, but it's Christ's story. It's this God story. God's story. It's the narrative for all our lives. So hang in there with us. We'll be right back. Okay, we are back. And uh, Carolyn, I, I don't know that I'm as bad as you wanting to keep people in, sus- in suspense, right? Mm-hmm. Of not knowing who the guest is. But I'm not knowing things. You don't tell me anything. That's me, that's what <laughs> that's I'm saying. You need me, isn't
1: it?
0: You don't tell me anything. Uh, I don't want to know. Because I really want this that's to right. be. I really Let want this to be of that. the Lord yes. and I want this to be of the Holy Spirit because yes. it contaminates. If I know too much, I mess it up. Why do you
1: think I
0: don't tell you? I don't. I know. <laughs> but we do have, I do know this. I got the rundown this morning. Uh, earlier on, before we went on uh, air or record the podcast, uh, I do know that we have Ed Spears, who's a pastor, and we've already told our listeners that. Uh, we didn't tell them that he is with the Sunrise Church of the Nazarene in South Point, Ohio, uh, and I think I'm going to go ahead and nickname him David. David. <laughs> And you you have no idea, I'm sure, what I'm talking about. But but we do know that you have stepped out in faith. And how do I know that? Because anyway, it's impossible to please God without stepping out in faith. So I'm going to just allow you to tell us about you and your ministry and what you're into and where you've come from and where God is leading you to.
2: Okay. All right. Um, of course, uh, my name is Ed Spears. We pastor uh, Sunrise Church of the Nazarene. We've been there since about March of 2020, right in the thick of the pandemic. Um, everybody's been pretty much affected by that. And um, Came from uh, the East Kentucky District. It was at a church in a little town called Lloyd, Kentucky, probably for 30-plus years. Uh, influenced by, of course, we all have uh, those folks that God places in our lives that uh, influence us, and uh, I think in every class that I teach or every sermon that I share, there's a little bit of each one of those people in me um, to have said that I would be at the place where that I am now. Um, I would have told you you're crazy, you know. But uh, you mentioned faith, and it is—it is a step of faith. It is—I've always said that it's—it is a God thing that that we're doing what we are now and. Uh, better plug my wife and sons I guess, in, this, in this pastoral thing. I pastor along with my wife, Santel, my two sons. My oldest is Zachary, who's age 20. My youngest, Hayden, uh, he's 16. He's kind of my sound tech guy. Uh, Zachary, he, uh, he comes with us occasionally, but he had elected to stay back in Lloyd. Um, he started a, uh, or took over a uh, food pantry ministry. Um, that has grown from about 12 people to they're serving over 100 families uh, the last two weeks of the month now and uh, he's really been successful in that so he's taken that over and of course as any daddy is I'm you know I'm really proud of what my sons have become and um, how they allow uh, God to to use them in their lives and in their ministries Um, but where we are uh, a little bit of the history of the church I don't know a whole lot about I know Carolyn is, is has been affiliated with it and the more that I get out and we reach out into the community the more that I find that, that folks are have been impacted some way by Sunrise Church. Um, love history and I've went back through some of the records in the church and there have been old records there since about nineteen sixteen I think that's when the church was first established and that just kind of blew my mind and the building that we 're in now I think has been built I think in the mid 60s if I'm not mistaken but there is a there's still a core group of folks that started in that new building that are still there and that just you know it, it, it they have stood the test of time and that, that's kind of what blows my mind about you know the whole thing and Um, it's when we stepped in to the ministry there, um, we found that, uh, several had left and, uh, as, as things happened through the years, but of course we have an older group, a core group, but, um, and it kind of, in all honesty, uh, I looked at the the lack of kids that was there, the lack of young people that were there, and we might have started, you know, in in the low twenties. And um, but you know, in, in in all honesty, I began to look at the fact that you know, well, where are we going to go from here? I mean, uh, how are we going to grow? How are we going to get? How are we going to reach? And of course, you've got to get out and beat the bushes, you know, as the scripture talks about. But uh, uh, that's our desire to get out and to reach and to know the community a little better. But um, not so much in worrying about or being concerned about numbers as I think as some churches are. And I've seen that through the years. But I shared it with a lady that I went to Lloyd with. And uh, she would ask, you know, you know, what we're running now you know, as far as numbers. And I think, you know, we, we've got a pretty good consistent group of about 30, 35 folks. And she said, uh, you know, I'd rather continue with a group of 35 that are faithful. Than to run over a hundred, to hundred and fifty every week, and that really resonated in my mind and in my heart that how true that that is because look at Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus started with twelve. When mm-hmm. We know there one was unfaithful, but he yeah. started with a core group. Yeah, he started with a group that was faithful. He started with a group that watched him. You know, every day. Of course, you know they had their struggles like all churches do, um, but. Uh, they watched his example, and, and he, with that core group of people, turned the world upside down. Yes. And uh, in that walk of faith, you know, I think that you can take your core group of people that are faithful um, and, and, and committed to their church, to their home, and do great things when you feel out.
0: So, had God given you a vision? And, and you had kind of said, I think, if I was following well yeah. uh, earlier on a few months ago uh, in our conversation, but that you never thought you'd be where you are. Right. right? Exactly. right exactly. So did God give you a vision, uh, somehow communicate to you what it was supposed to
2: look like or where you were supposed to end up? The desire, I guess, I've always had the desire to preach after I saved. Saved 18 years old, you know, in in, in the... Probably in a year, year and a half, um, preaching the call to preach, I never realized what is the call to preach, you know. Um, but there was always in my heart, you know, every time you'd read the scriptures, um, I could read something on Monday maybe and in Saturday and Sunday, but at the end of the week it was still, you know, one over and over again in my mind. And, you know, I think it was always that spirit within me that was saying, you know, I really like to share that. You know, I'd like to share that with people. And I began to uh, kind of compare that to the call to preach. So I took that to some pastor friends, you know, of mine. and um, The church that I went to in Lloyd was founded um, sort of a daughter church from a from another church. And one of the pastors told me at the time, he said, I've never started a church where I haven't had anybody co- come out of that was called to preach. So that yeah, kind of solidified it for me, I think. But uh, I've always said, you know, it has to be a God thing because um, I never, you know, I would have never dreamed that. You know, that was the only, that was my drive, my purpose, my uh I guess fulfillment in that and always having that desire, you know, to share the word with folk and coming down to the level that even a kid can understand it. Because, you know, Jesus said himself, unless you become like they are, mm-hmm. unless we have the faith that they do. Yeah,
0: Yeah, and and, and, uh, I don't know that we intentioned necessarily this particular podcast or broadcast to be about just faith, but that keeps coming up. But, I mean, how can you talk about the Word of God or talk about God bringing to fruition all that His plans are for you, uh, except that you would do that in some context of faith? But I do think that the faithful or that notion of faithfulness or courage... Mm-hmm. And 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 you were just talking about even as with the innocence of a child, you know kids are wonderful. <laughs> so we get all, Carolyn, you can laugh on that too if you want to. We can all laugh about wonderful that because it's be
1: a strong word. Yeah,
0: because they are wonderful, right? Yeah. But a good bit of what makes them so awesome is their innocence, yeah. right? right? And if you measure that or mix that—that's what I want to say—in proper measure with a bit of obedience. Mm-hmm then you can watch them and you can watch them grow and you can watch them in their innocence. (laughs) They may not see the same peril that you see or they may see peril, but you can see the faith, the courage start to emerge. And and I think God does want us to be somewhat innocent. But the innocence allows us to have, I think, at least the ability to be obedient or to follow Him, maybe when we don't see the full picture. Right. But we know enough to know this, that it's going to manifest in some way the fruit, no, the fruit of the Spirit, but of Jesus Christ. Right. And it's going to bear that fruit in a way that God's going to use us.
2: All right. All right. You know, uh, I see in kids you know, the innate ability to fully trust you know um, mom and dad's gonna be there you know uh, of course you know there are exceptions to every rule but um, as for the you know the majority of the cases um, they trust you know I, I, I can say do be whatever I want to be because they're gonna be there support me and. Um, and I wish a lot of times, even in my own life, I could be that trustworthy with God. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I see it in folks at church, or whether I ever that I've been in church before. That that how can we as older adults, you know, get to that point where we trust God the way that a kid would trust? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's what He wants out of us. Just mm-hmm. you know, it, it's simple. You know, this morning um, read a scripture. Yeah. You know, Try, we, we try our level best to get up and start the day off. And we've got to get in touch with the main <laughs> I, man, right? I know. Um, but uh, that scripture, all familiar scripture that comes out to us, 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people, mm-hmm. which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. We want to leave that part out, I think, sometimes. Yeah. But uh, then he said, I'll hear from heaven. Mm. I'll forgive their sin and heal their land, you know. And we're always searching. We're always looking. We're always trying to find that, that remedy um, when God has put it right before us. Mm-hmm. You know? And to get to that point point, say, you know, as a child, well, okay, God, I believe what you said. Yeah. And,
0: Well, and and I think it goes back to, I mean, these are all basic sorts of things, and and any of these we could chase down and and probably have a good conversation about. But but I think it is that element of doing it out of, or allowing God to do it out of us, rather than us trying to make God do something for us out of ourselves. And, And I think when we approach it that way, and as much as, again, your church obviously is bearing fruit, which we do want to give you that chance to share the testimony. But when a group of people, and you were talking about a core, right? right From right. back when they built the new church right. uh, back in the 60s. Right. There's some of them are still there. And even though that number maybe had dwindled mm-hmm. in some ways, but it is God right. who established that church. Right. And those people stayed faithful to mm-hmm. the vision, right. what God had given them sufficient enough to build the church. Right serve the community. But when you step in or God brings a man or a fresh word, and we were talking about David and Samuel, but when when God brings a fresh word and and Samuel represented in the time that he was in, sort of, the Word of God. Mm -hmm. But David's heart... And even though David didn't have any idea of what he was going to end up facing mm-hmm. with Saul and how it was all going to turn out, and et cetera, et cetera right. but he was always considered by God not only to be a friend, but a man after his own heart. I think those two things go together. If you want to be friends with God, right. you got to be about His heart, not your own, and have that, hopefully, with people, share that world with people that have a similar degree of faith. Right. It's a faith walk.
2: Right. Um, I've noticed, you know, in, in a lot of our folks that you know, I guess one of the thoughts that maybe I had was somebody new was coming in again. They had been maybe a year, year and a half, uh, apparently you may know, maybe a longer, um, without somebody. And uh, they were just kind of going through the motions on their own. and. Um, you know, and, and begin to see, before we were actually appointed at the church, we filled in you know, uh, around uh, Christmas about two years ago and um, just gradually got to, 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 to know them you know, more and more and uh, begin to see a level of trust begin to grow and the people and begin to see uh, maybe some somber faces mm. uh, get a little joy back yes. in them again. Yes. You know, they were so afraid that, um, and I heard it more than once, we were at the point that everyone shut the doors on mm-hmm. us. You know, and, and one of the things, and, and uh, I'll probably get emotional before this. little all right. Bit, but uh, they would say to me, we were at the point where we thought they were going to shut the doors on us. And... Uh, I said one of the things that uh, I don't want to see happen mm. is our, is this church become another statistic mm-hmm. where they have shut you know it's just dwindled and let's just shut the door and be done with it because God's not done with them yeah. you know we've seen some positive things we may not be where that we would like to see it be mm-hmm. um, but we've seen went from maybe two kids to now of course everybody's gearing up for the Christmas season and you'd say maybe well that's got something to do with it but even before that we were seeing some other kids come in and um, some, some new faces come in and we started a food pantry ministry ourselves and we we're, we're started maybe half a dozen families We're Serving about 20-25 families in a, in a rural area where that we are, you know, I think that that's kind of a big thing. You know, yeah. it's a lot different than where you can get out in the city somewhere, and it's easy to serve 100 people with the snap of a finger. Yeah. But when you're reaching out, you know, in, into a rural area like that, and, and, and it takes a little, maybe a little bit longer to get the word, you know, out there. Um, but we've seen some fruit there too, and it's reaped some benefits from that. Um, so I mean, we see God move. I mean, God's moving. Uh, and, and just so just thankful and grateful for that, that he's allowed someone like myself, any of us, you know, uh, I've shared with the church before that God uses imperfect people mm-hmm. to sustain or to to be servants in his perfect kingdom. You know? Yeah. And, uh, he can he can do that for a while.
0: Well, I gave Carolyn too uh, a compliment uh, <laughs> during the break yeah. as you were coming into the studio <laughs> and we were getting ready to do the interview. I told her she was really adaptive because <laughs> <laughs> we go through all kinds of twists and turns. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure. And I and maybe I do I do want to get back to that. So that caused me to think about. Um, so I'll shut up here in a minute and, and give it to you and ask you about yeah. that. But when we go through things, yeah. we go through struggles, yeah. and and yes, does God does give us some of what of a vision? He certainly called you uh, to preach, and and you knew it was Him. Uh, and with that, then even us, Carolyn, on the on uh, doing this this podcast, this broadcast. But it's not without peril. It's not without struggle. And we have to, and and in kind of more secular terms we call it adapting, but we just have to be able to trust the Lord sufficient that no matter how we may see or not see it coming to proper fruition, God is molding us and shaping us. And it is a body. It's not just a single person, although every church is comprised of singularly a soul. But when you come together, as you were reading this morning in Scripture, in aggregate, congregate, you put that together, right. and it's exponential. Right. God, You begin to see the Holy Spirit really shaping and forming. And maybe there's a lot of movement, fluid, right. adaptability, adaptation, modification. Mm-hmm. You're going to meet the need where the need is, right? right? And maybe you don't know exactly where the need is. But it is that idea to overcome the adversary, Or to overcome that fear that the adversary would use against us. It's a faith walk, but you have to expect, I think, there's going to be obstacles.
2: And clearly, you are not without obstacles. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Maybe coming in with a mindset that, you know, well, it's just going to be a transition from something that I've known and was familiar with from the last thirty plus years. Mm-hmm. I'm just taking that to another church. But you know, folk when uh, you begin to, it's a different group of people. Mm-hmm. It's a different mindset. and They come from different backgrounds, and you know, y- and you begin to hear folks talking and in the struggles that they have or the beliefs that they've had. And um, you know, it, it's like you said, it's you've got to adapt to that. Mm-hmm. And I uh, <laughs> One of the fellows that comes pretty regularly to church with us, and you uh, know, uh, he, he looked at me one time and he said, uh, and it's probably the greatest compliment I've ever had. He looked at me and said, "You know, you're just an ordinary Joe." I said, "Yeah, well, that's what I am." Yeah, you know. Uh, and he was intentional to give you that he as was a compliment. Intentional in that. He yeah. was very real in that. Yeah. And uh, I, I, this is what i strive to be. Yeah. You know. Uh, and I tell him all the time. I said, "I'm not." In a position that I am yeah. to lord it over you, that's not what a pastor is. We just had a Sunday school lesson about a pastor is related to in Scripture a shepherd, yeah. and what a shepherd is to do is not only uh, just you know have that position, but they care for people, they tend for the flock, they yeah. tend to protect them, and mm-hmm. that's what a, uh, the role of a pastor should be. And yeah. You're going to have all those different scenarios: this hurt, that hurt, this situation, that situation. And oftentimes, I thought within myself, really. Well, what did I get myself into? Mm-hmm. You know, but, mm-hmm. I, you know, uh, uh, God opened doors for a reason. Yeah. Um, he just recently worked it out to where that I can and it's something uh, through the years once God called me to preach, and I'd uh, always said that if I ever got to pastor, one of my desires was, well, I want to do that full time. And I want to do it all. And it's not in every case, but God just the way that God is, worked it out to where that I can now. Because seemingly, you know, in in trying to fulfill the ministry that He called us unto, and trying to work a secular job and and, (laughs) and do other things and you're raising your families and you're doing it. There were so many things I missed out on. I know. Hospital visits and going to people's homes. I know. And and, and thank God, you know, He's given me that opportunity to do that now. And and I just, you know, I'm so grateful for that.
0: Well, and that's why I started uh, the interview Uh, by uh, saying that we're going to nickname you David or we're going to call you David because it was. It was shepherding God's flock. And and before you came on, Carol and I had been talking about that, the difference between Saul and David and uh, certainly being a man after God's own heart, which kind of fits with everything that you're testifying to as well. Uh, But it is a shepherding. Mm -hmm. And I think David learned How to shepherd the people and to trust only in God, not of himself, although he was, again, fit, Mm -hmm. but he was an ordinary Joe. Saul was kind of like stood head and shoulders above the crowd. Mm -hmm. David would have probably blended in more. He's pretty handsome. I guess he had his own physical abilities. He was a good fighter. He was obviously a good physical kind of guy. But at the same time, though, that's not what it takes. What right. it takes Absolutely. is is the heart. Yeah. It takes the courage yeah. to allow God to manifest His vision right. in your life through faith, through courage, so that you can meet the needs. Right. He's given you a flock. And you right. said, okay. <laughs> Again, I know it wasn't that easy,
2: but right. you said, right. okay. Yeah.
0: And here you are.
2: Right. Um, by the way, I'm going to kind of hold on to that David nickname, really, because.
0: We'll give uh, that to you. <laughs> um,
2: he, you know, he talked about the trust that he had in the Lord, and um, even in the midst of his mistakes, and we all know that he had them, uh, God's word is, you know, he's, it's filled with folks that. He used, as we talked about earlier, that we're imperfect, that we're not without flaw. Yeah. Um, but he saw his heart. Yeah. Um, and hopefully he sees my heart, your, our heart. Yes. That um, it truly is our desire that, you know, we, as we sit here and we're doing this and, that, you know, we listen to the traffic going by and there's people <laughs> up and down the street and... Um, Really, there's folks going nowhere. Yeah. And I've shared with the church before, you know, when I first came, you know, to know the Lord, that even walking in the grocery store with God's vision, you begin to see people in a whole different light. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, well, you know, you know, so-and-so from, you know, down the street or whatever. But you begin to look at him now as, as sheep without a shepherd. Yeah. As people that are scattered, as folks that are busy going nowhere. And, uh. Just pray that, that that God continues to use that desire and fulfill
0: yes. that within well, us. Yes. Well, and, and that, that I think is also part of the the, the broadcast today, the podcast, is that there's a, a, a comparison that we can make, and with that, somewhat of a contrast that naturally then comes. Saul was prideful, yeah. and though he had access to Samuel, it didn't take him very long to get into himself and his own stuff. Whereas David was a man, again, after God's own heart. But the contrast there is David had the same access to Samuel. Right. And really, in some ways, the same vision, the same blessing was conferred on both. Mm -hmm. But David knew how to mix it with faith. Right. Or David knew by being a shepherd in the way he had what it took and was humble enough, contrast the pride, Mm -hmm. to be able to allow God to lead him. Right to direct him, to guide him. And even when Samuel passed away, Mm -hmm. it was more so that David not only heard that from Samuel, who was was his shepherd, I suppose you could say, but David became the shepherd Mm -hmm. because he began to own all those things that Samuel had not only taught him, probably an example, probably some head stuff, but more so courage, courage, heart stuff, passion, desire. And with that, when Samuel was gone, David, it wasn't really all that clean at that point. It was a mess. Oh yeah, absolutely. But David had the courage and knew that that would come to fruition in the way
2: that God intended it to. Right, right. Um, this being our first lead pastor, first time ever being a lead pastor, you know, being uh, an assistant pastor for, for years and years. Um kind of like you' were given the comparison of Samuel and David, I had that same scenario with mine and uh, I've taken you know a lot of that influence, uh, those examples that uh, that I saw through the years and trying to use that in, in the place that I am now. Um, still learning, and we'll constantly be doing I think we'll never come to a place that, you know, even those folks that I've talked about, the core group in our church that, yeah. you know, that have been there for so many years, they're still learning, you know, and uh, still learning to trust God more. And they still struggle. There's still an enemy that's trying to get them, you know, out of sync with God. And and they still have that battle to face. But I, I tell them all the time, I said, you know, uh, our older folks that, that you have... Face more things and forgotten them than I have even faced yet, mm-hmm. and uh, so I'm still at a place where you know that I'm learning to shepherd, you know, right? Uh, that I'm trying my best to, to come alongside the folks, you know, the yeah. way the Holy Spirit does us, and, and uh, uh, to care for them, to be there when they need somebody. And you know, you get you, know, you talk to some folks, and how independent. A lot of folks can be, well, wow, I don't really need anybody, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and you know, we everything's taken care of, but you still feel that draw that you need to do, mm-hmm. that you need to be there. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, that comes from, from God himself. For that.
0: Well, I was thinking, too, uh, Jesus, two or more gather together in my name. Mm-hmm. Not only would he be in the midst of them, but whatever they ask. Right. And, and I know that that kind of speaks to that restoration that you were reading this morning mm-hmm. in Chronicles. Right. The idea that, that it just takes two. But the two have to be in Jesus. Right. And they have to understand that. Mm-hmm. That the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony is how we overcome. How right. we have that victory. Right. But if we can put those two things together, then again, you've got all that you would need. Because you've got a brother or sister, not only in Christ, but in arms, so to speak. You, you know what the weapons of your warfare are. You know who the adversary is. Mm-hmm. You know how to encourage one another. And, and before you came on, Carol and I were also talking about what David was left with at that point. Yeah. He had a lot of disgruntled people yeah, absolutely. who were probably oh, doing what they were doing, more mercenary yeah. than they were really out of some dimension of faith. Yeah, yeah. But even God could take that. You know, Saul. I didn't. I didn't remember it till I was reading it this morning. But he had killed. Had the priests killed?
2: Yeah.
0: I thought that was like. I thought, how in the world could he do that, right? right. Yeah. But you couldn't kill it because it was God. Right. I mean, the Holy Spirit. You can kill the representation, but you can't kill the spirit. Right.
1: Right.
2: Hmm. Um. To come to the place, you know, where that. Um, You're still learning and you're still striving and you're still, you know, wanting to be there for folks and um, 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 to fully trust, you know. We talked a lot about that yesterday in service. we talked about trust falls. You know, um, we gave an example back in, in our Bible school that you know, and you know, I would stand before. We had this little lesson where I would stand before the kids. You know, <laughs> if, you, if you trust me, you'll fall back. I'll catch you. Yeah. I promise, I'll catch yeah. you. Yeah. And they did. Yeah. You know, all of them did that. Yes, yes. And can we come to the place even? Again, our, it sounds like I'm picking on them, but our older folks, you know, you, you think that, well, I've settled in for the ride. My next graduation's heaven. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, there's still a life to be lived, and we still got to trust, and we still got to carry on, you know, and, and allow God to use us. Um, for they are, they're my examples. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not a place to, at a place just because folks may call me pastor, you know, that, that I'm not a place where I'm not learning from everybody else. Um, taught Sunday school class, a senior adult Sunday school class for a lot of years. And um, I told them every week, I said, I need to be where you are. You know, because you face the things in life. And you've, you've overcome and you've trusted and you know what this storm can bring. And um, But just the opportunity to share the word and uh, was just an exciting thing to do that, to know that even uh, maybe they needed to hear that. You know, even they've been on the journey for a while, they needed yeah. to hear that, hey, you know, God's still on your side. You
0: know? Well, and I think that is where encouragement, uh, courage, but building up faith with one another, encouraging one another in the Word becomes so essential. Mm. So, so Ed, what do you see the future? Then, as much as again you would have any ideas about that at this particular point. Where do you want it to be or where do you think God's leading you to to take it or to go with it? Or is that unfair in light of the entire conversation? It's just a faith walk.
2: No, well, of course, you know, uh, we talked about the desire to grow and, and of course to to reestablish and to reconnect relationships, you know, with, with the folk. And even though, you know, I teased them all the time the first few months that we were there, There'll come a point when I'll learn all your names. You know, I, and I think maybe I have now. But <laughs> um, there's still a community out there to be reached that, yeah. that maybe has no idea that there's somebody pastoring from down there now. Um, but that's, you know, an obstacle, if you want to call it that, uh, something that I need to overcome to get out, to reach, to, mm-hmm. to let them know, hey, um, I'm not saying this in a, in a derogatory way, but when I first came to sign, I never knew it existed. I never knew there was a Sunrise Church, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, uh, the, by the way, you know, they gave me the directions to get there. I was actually going to South Point. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't go out, you know, 243 past Coal Grove, you know, mm-hmm. to get there. Um, but uh, to let the, those folks know in that area, in that community, um, that there's a light shining there. Man. Yes. I tell my folks all the time, I said, Jesus was the light of the world, but he said, we are now. Yes. That's what we're to be. Yes. You know, in just you know you mentioned encouragement into to get them to that point that hey we're not dying we're not going to wither away and in mm-hmm. our hopes our dreams are that that god's just going to open doors and you know we may not bust the walls you know with <laughs> folk um but probably what our greatest desire is let our faith grow mm-hmm. you know let us get to the point where you know uh we're just excited and joyful. And yeah. we're not woe is me all the time. Yeah. You know, um, Yeah, we're going to have trouble in this life. But, you know, be of good cheer, Jesus said. Yes. You know, for I've overcome. So if individuals
0: would want to reach out to you, and uh, Carolyn and I say this a lot on on the podcast, actually every podcast, every broadcast, probably we say something like this, Carolyn, that we know that the Holy Spirit has moved us to speak of the things that we've spoken about. But why that's important is we know the Holy Spirit has also moved individuals to listen to either the podcast or the broadcast. Mm-hmm. And even as they are listening, whether it's real time or delayed, in whatever manner or fashion that might manifest itself, uh, currently or even in, I think, even in the future. Mm-hmm. Perpitude, in perpetuity. We're going to be in perpetuity, Carolyn, forever. <laughs> out there on the internet, somewhere. Yeah. Perpetuity. But that he's moving. The Holy Spirit is moving individuals, even as they're listening. And if they're called to get a hold of you, we want to make sure that we told them how to do that. Right. And as much as we know you're in Lloyd, right. which is out 243,
2: <laughs> which is, is out in the bushes, as you said, How did they get a hold of you? Um, We, of course, uh, we're on Facebook. You can get on our Facebook page, Sunrise Church of the Nazarene. Um, Probably the best way is call me directly. Mm. Um, Want to give your number? uh, uh, 606-465-8072. That's my direct number to me. It'll Come to me, call me anytime, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, One of the things, I guess, maybe apprehensive-wise, that coming to a pastor, you know, you're going to have people, but that's what we're here for. And I want to be there. So, you know, um, or the direct line to the church, I think, is 414 7769. I may or may not have gotten it that right. area
0: code? 740.
2: 740. Yes. Yes. So uh,
0: So you live in Kentucky? I
2: live in Kentucky, but you, yes. But your church is, you pastor in Ohio. In Ohio, Is that yes. a very long distance? It's about 19 miles from me. Okay, Utah, which isn't yeah, bad. It's not bad. I mean, yeah. And since we've been there, I've gotten affiliated with two other Kentucky preachers that have come over and we've kind of, you know, mingled together and said that we've came over to Ohio to do missionary. Two groups. or more <laughs> gather,
0: two or more are gathered together. Right? And, yeah. and the fields are white and ready for harvest. Absolutely. And so there's a plenty of harvesters out there, but there always could be more, Absolutely. right? Right? Absolutely. And the uh, I guess the reapers overtake the sowers. Is that how it goes? Is that what the scripture says? Uh-huh. In the end times. And so there's plenty of harvesting to be done. Right. Carolyn, would you like like to make some comment or
1: well I want to say uh, first of all thank you for coming on we appreciate My that pleasure. and I am so blessed to see what is going on there and have heard I haven't shared this with you but I've heard so many good reports of um, not just your leadership but um, you know what's going on at the church and and the stirring of the souls that Uh, you know, maybe had gotten to that sort
2: Mm
1: of, uh, Mm -hmm. I've heard it called Eeyore mentality, you know, but um, hopefully, you know, as you bring about that, um, uh, you know, uh, encouragement where you are right alongside with them Mm -hmm. and that you're in it with them for the long haul and they will trust Not just you, but trust the Holy Spirit to uh, work in their life. And then I believe you're going to see even greater things. I really believe that. And uh, I uh, will always have a special place for Sunrise in my heart, but uh, it just is a blessing to me to see what you guys are doing there. And and so grateful that you took that uh, call. To go there, and that was a big step. I, yeah. I just I don't know that we really highlighted that as much as I, I was thinking. What was that like to leave yeah. your comfort zone to right. come to something so foreign? Right. You know, and uh, and there's been pastors there that were from far away, mm. uh, even Colorado, and um, whoo they were in for a uh, little shocker <laughs> when they got to Appalachia. <laughs> And, uh, you know, you're not in Kansas anymore, so um, I think you've done an excellent job of that transition and and meeting the people's needs. So uh, I'm I'm just really grateful that you're there and for your ministry.
2: Well, we're happy to be there and appreciate the invitation.
0: Just an ordinary joke. That's right. Who's nicknamed David. That's right. Based on. (laughs) We've conferred that. Uh -uh. Our guest has been Ed Spears, pastor of the Sunrise Church of the Nazarene in South Point, Ohio. Uh, We gave the number earlier. Feel free to call him if you feel led to it, uh, as much as the Holy Spirit would lead. And again, I uh, just uh, repeat what Carolyn has said. We just want to. encourage, uh, bless, um, believe in you, and uh, appreciate you being on the the broadcast with us. Okay, we're going to go ahead and take a a break. And uh, as always, (laughs) hopefully Carolyn will be back. Okay, we are back, and uh, before we go any further, I want to remind our listeners they are listening to Covenants with Dr. Michael David Clay and Carolyn Barnett, and uh, we are co-sponsored by the WordHouse Incorporated Focus Consultation Services, as well as Covenants, Specialized Pastoral Care Services, Christian Counseling, Ministry. Uh, Carolina, it never really ever disappoints, uh, ceases to amaze me. Just the passion that our guests have for for their ministry. Now, you know, maybe that shouldn't be that amazing, right? Because if you're going to do what you do, or what they do, we talk about, discuss uh, their doing, you'd have to have, I suppose, a lot of courage and passion, or you'd give up along the way.
1: Right. That's one thing that's a common thread. And I I see it in our guests. And you can almost sense it. You can see it in their eyes. That passion that drives them to serve and just to follow Christ wherever he's leading. Whatever that looks like, you just see that focus, that singular focus to follow him. And it's just so inspiring to me.
0: So, David and Saul. And as much as again, Sam, Samuel is dead.
1: At least, at, Samuel?
0: Yes, at the, <laughs> at that point, right? As much as I've been reading the scriptures, uh, this morning I was in at that point where Samuel had died, and David was left to bring God's purpose to fruition, and it was not going to be without all kinds of other struggles. Uh, even at times, his aligning himself with uh, of all persons, peoples, the Philistines, mm-hmm. and uh, overcoming Saul, um, and even <laughs> to the extent, I suppose, Samuel got his opportunity to finish the work with Saul when Saul conjured him back up or had the witch of Endor. Oh, yes. I think, cause her name was Endor. Yes. To bring him back from the dead. So uh, that's pretty messed up, right? I mean, that's pretty messed up. But it is that David then was learning. And, and even our guest Ed, Pastor Ed Spears, today's podcast broadcast was saying it's much like a child. And you'd said that before he came on that maybe Saul really didn't have the strength. Mm-hmm. I went immediately to courage or faith. But it is that immaturity. And whether he was or wasn't, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Could or couldn't have been, Mm -hmm. right? What God had called him to, what God had given him as that anointing from Samuel. He certainly didn't have the strength, testimony, the faith... Right. the relationship with God right. in his heart to be able to sustain that without it becoming awful, cynical. Eeyore syndrome, I think is what you mm-hmm. called it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he just wasn't ready and... Before we throw stones at them, let's remember sometimes uh, you know God puts us in positions and and perhaps we're not ready. But then therein lies the the question: Are we going to move forward and have courage like David, and trust? Or are we going to rely on ourselves and kind of do what we want and hope for the best and and see what happens? It's just it's a choice I believe we have, but. You know, are we going to follow him? And then that may take some courage, and it may take a little bit of us growing up, and you know, taking that leap of faith.
0: And, and as again, Ed was saying, um, people make mistakes. Mm-hmm. We're human, right? And I don't know. Again, that David would be ever considered to be an ordinary Joe, although he was probably more so than maybe Saul at least in the way that I've either been taught or even as I've read, uh, it does seem like that that was one of the things that the people wanted and that the people got mm-hmm. was <laughs> a bit of a narcissistic, prideful character who conducted himself like a king, at least what we've come to know kings to maybe do. But at the same time, though, I think that David represented certainly a humility and, and made mistakes. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, and, and it wasn't until that he committed probably in some sort of dimension, the unpardonable with Bathsheba and, and Uriah, I think mm-hmm. it was, yeah. who uh, he had killed by putting him in the compromise situation in battle, uh, numbered the people. Right. He started to kind of take on some of that characteristic that really then the kingdom was by necessity going to be taken from him. But I don't know that he ever lost the ability to be a man after God's own heart. It's just that even in a material sort of way, there's some consequences.
1: Exactly. That's the word I was just thinking.
0: And maturity is maybe not only keeping yourself out of trouble, but once you get into trouble, making the best of a bad situation, right. as right. they say. But that, that idea that somehow we could get into this pessimism. hmm or the cynicism, Mm -hmm. or in that, try to begin to encourage ourselves in the wrong sort of way. You know, the the scripture points out David could encourage himself, Mm -hmm. but he did it in the Lord. Right. Saul tried to encourage himself, but out of himself. Mm -hmm. And that's an empty vessel. I mean, there's really no anointing that's going to come from that. And no really matter or manner of man or person is going to look at you and say, well, you know, you could do really great stuff. If you don't also realize, though, it's not you doing it, it's the Lord doing it.
1: I was thinking about him, Saul asking David to play the harp for him and then he got mad, tried to kill him. But you know, I was just was he, he didn't even he didn't even look to the Lord for encouragement. He just looked to others to try to fulfill some thing and how he got mad when they was singing that song, you know, Solomon Song so Yeah then just ten thousand you know and he kinda got jealous and, and cry baby a little bit. But even that he never you don't see him Turning to the Lord and and seeking, you know, to deal with those feelings, which, like I said, lest we judge Him, because I think we can all go there. We can all feel bad, and, and you know, but David David definitely made mistakes, and he felt bad. But in the Psalms, where he would speak to himself and say, you know, uh, talk to his soul, you know, praise the Lord, all my soul, and he would. He would encourage himself. He would almost like talk to himself. When you read the psalm, you know, like, like what's wrong with you? Get up. Mm-hmm. You know, put your, you know, put your uh, clothes on. You know, wash your face. Get out of yeah. there. And yeah. just and sort of, uh, you know, have a different mindset.
0: Well, the Word of God certainly can stir the soul. And, and with that, then, the possibility of anointing. But you don't anoint yourself. Only God can do that. And with that, it would be that the Holy Spirit or the Word does cover you. But the truest anointing comes from within the heart of a righteous person. And what makes the person righteous? Being that individual, man or woman, that is after God's own heart. And has owned that. Now again, we see Jesus, right? in accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior in New Testament context. It may be one and the same as what I'm trying to say. It looks a little different because Jesus came. He was Lord and Savior. He is Lord and Savior. He was God's only begotten Son. Mm-hmm. But in that same sort of a way, you still have to own the Word. You still have to own the living Word You have to receive that in your own heart. But what you discover once you've received Jesus and accepted Him as Lord and Savior, that though He comes to live within you or reside within you, there is that inside of you now. It is Jesus, but you've brought Him into your heart, and out of that will courage flow. Mm-hmm. Right. Out of that will faith come. Out of that will come that ability to encourage yourself mm-hmm. in the Lord, not of the self. Mm-hmm. But if you don't receive Jesus in that way, or if you don't receive the Word, as again, Samuel might have been seen as at least one of many that example the living Word in the Old Testament. Right. Certainly we know that in Jesus Christ that has been totally and completely accomplished and fulfilled. Mm -hmm. But if you don't accept Jesus and then all the struggles that go along with the ministry in that way, and just that, the faith Mm -hmm. to be able to overcome Mm -hmm. by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, the demonstration of the resurrection power that Christ has and brings unto you as you receive Him, you're not going to. You're going to end up the same place Saul did. Mm-hmm. You will make mistakes. All of us make mistakes, but it is the forgiveness. It's the heart, the desire to, as you said, to clean himself up, to anoint himself as mm-hmm. with clean, uh, getting himself prepared to mm-hmm. go back out in the world, rather than wallowing around mm-hmm. in the grief or the mire mm-hmm. or all the mistakes.
1: And that's where that's the difference. That's where David knew, and I was reminded of when when the baby died that was conceived out of David's sin with Bathsheba, and we know the story. And then we know that baby died, and they wondered why he wasn't sitting around, and you know, why aren't you mourning? Why aren't you in sackcloth and ashes? And he had already dealt with it, him and God, (laughs) at a meeting. I'm, I'm. imagining and he went to God about that and it was settled um you know sometimes it requires us to to wallow around in that and to face face our consequences kind of face what's happened and i think david did that i think he learned I think he learned with Bathsheba, and I think he learned you know, with Goliath. He learned all these lessons, and he was growing in maturity and faith and courage. And then when it came to the really hard things, he was prepared.
0: And, and again, it's as the pastor was saying today, it's a continuous process of right. growing. Right, exactly. Uh, we're never always, um, we're never there, nor are we always going to stay there because we're never there. But what we can do is we continue to, if there isn't always, we continue to grow. Right. And every day our faith is challenged, but fortunately, the foundation of our faith is the same. Mm -hmm. It is the remembrance of that which God has promised, delivered upon, and with that then, as we've applied it or allowed Jesus to manifest himself in us, in our lives, we've overcome Because if you've got that down, it does not matter what otherwise may come at you or the stress you may have to go through because the salvation never changes. And in that, it's secure. You never lose that. Mm -hmm. Although there are ups and there are downs. Mm -hmm. And there will always be struggles. And you're right. There's a time to grieve Mm -hmm. and a time to mourn. But we do not need to live in that. Right. Defeat, giving up, Mm -hmm. feeling so awful or horrible that we would resort to trying to uh, prop ourselves up. Mm -hmm. We need to humbly, ordinary Joe, kind of manner, present ourselves, not only before the Lord, but before one another. So that we might then give all glory to the one that deserves it,
1: which is Jesus. And David did that when Nathan confronted him. He... He immediately started going into, um, you know, self-reflection mode and, and what have I done? And, uh, you know, he wasn't um, he wasn't going to run away and, and spend a week in hiding and, you know, talk bad about me <laughs> You know, we sometimes don't like to be confronted with the truth. I don't know anybody that really wants to be confronted with, you know, something they've done wrong. But I admire that about David in that he owned up to it, and then, you know, he went to God sort of immediately, and and just, um, and in front of Nathan, you know, he didn't try to hide that, and so I think that we need more of that, Mm -hmm. and, you know, and the thing of it is, now here's here's the, the part about that that's difficult, is that when we see, or maybe we even confront the person, then our reaction is important too, because lest we... You know, how, how could you get yourself in this situation? How did you do that? Um, question them. We might find ourselves in a very similar situation very quickly. And so uh, I feel like that supporting each other, encouraging one another, spurring each other on, sharpening, you know, our iron together, all those things are important because we are going to mess up. There is going to be trouble. But take courage. He's overcome. Mm-hmm. And we can make it, with his help, together.
0: So, you may be Nathan when somebody comes to talk to you. Right. I may be Nathan. I'm hoping that the podcast, the broadcast, has a bit of that element. You, you um, acknowledge, I think, some of that when you say feeling convicted. <laughs> And, and, and it would not be me intentioning to convict anybody. That would not right. be the point. Mm-hmm. But it would be me intentioning to be allowed or be a part of the Holy Spirit. Right. Allowing the Holy Spirit to use me mm-hmm. if the Word mm-hmm. brings conviction. And though the Word is unique in interpretation, it, it applies uniquely to the unique element of each and every individual soul. But it also applies to all of us. Right. And even so, our salvation is predicate upon getting through this life in an individual, unique manner. Your struggles may not be mine. Mine is not yours. We don't know what people are going to face. We right. don't know what they're going to have to overcome or what the adversary might use or try to use right. to discourage or dissuade or to cause them to give up. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that makes it all the same, though, is not only the fact that we all got to go through something, but that the answer is the same. So we may talk about, as Nathan did, the particulars of how people have gotten to where they are. We may even acknowledge the consequences of what this is going to do. Right. We may, uh, with that, then look in the Old Testament to be able to see... What happened when they were without that saving sort of clarity of salvation that Jesus brings us with the New Covenant, New Testament, Mm -hmm. uh, entering into us, us receiving Him as Lord and Savior, the forgiveness, Mm -hmm. the restoration, the power. But we wouldn't want to keep people there. What we want to do, because that would create the Eeyore syndrome, what we want to do, though, is we want to then, by going through that with them, encourage them not of just ourselves you saying something nice to them maybe again in contrast to or with that compliment to that's a better word just the uh, kind of conviction we really want to then when they're finally in that point where they really are as you were pointing out Nathan coming to David and making that statement I am the man then he was ready to be forgiven right and restore. Now, does it mean though that the kingdom wasn't taken from him? Now, well, in some ways, it means that because God really didn't do Consequences. that. Consequences. Yeah, in a long-term sort of way, but right. in an immediate sort of way, there was a consequence right. to him doing what he did. But it's only when folks can see that, and they come, maybe even as they come to talk to us, that's what we're going to do. We're going to help them to understand the error in that, not with the kind of conviction that condemns but to establish them so that they might then be in the best position to receive Yes. that they could say oh okay now I understand I've done this wrong mm-hmm. how do I change it you know you cannot change anyone until they want you to or are willing to receive and, the help or the assistance and
1: until they're aware that they even need it and I found myself in that kind of predicament when I didn't realize my concept of God was really messed up <laughs> and and that's not necessarily anybody's fault it's just the society the the upbringing the the teaching the, the all these different elements you know your family how you were raised uh, sort of brought that together but when I was confronted with that there was a little bit of um, you know shock and and there's some woe is me type you know I felt. Bad, But then I immediately knew that this was God drawing me closer to Him. And it was the breaking of me so that He could mold me into what He was wanting me to be. And I want to point out what you just said about, you know, the um, helping people come to that realization that's what covenants is all about and we want to encourage you not just in our own experiences but with the word and what does god say and and how can we use that for encouragement and and for life and for instruction and wisdom and all the things he gives us in his word but to help other people come alongside them walk with them and encourage them along the way.
0: And even then it's not us that changes people. right? It's God's word. right? And it's God's process. And even as the pastor was mentioning earlier, his church was receptive and open to the right word. Right. The true word. Mm-hmm. The chosen one for them. And they're being blessed by that. Uh, to the extended degree that's what covenants is all about. How should then individuals get hold of us?
1: We would love for you to get a hold of us. You can find us immediately on Facebook under Covenants with an S. Or, easier than that, you can give us a call 304 528 9220 or if you have a little bit more you want to say maybe you have a question or an idea for one of our podcasts email that to us at covenants with an S, dot llc1 at yahoo.com or you can go online covenants com or covenants online
0: org. so if you have a need <laughs> you should say that right I didn't have that. I,
1: I think it's covenantsonline.com, sorry. So, if you have a need, reach out
0: to us. I did want to make a correction before we finished today's podcast. Uh-oh. <laughs> I said Moses wrote the Ten Commandments. It wasn't Moses, it was the hand of God. But Moses in the Pentateuch, which captures that, did record that for us. And to some extent, I think that that was really the intention of that statement. But I do realize, I came to that realization the a minute after it was over with. I couldn't correct it during the podcast. I realized I had said that. Yeah. But it was God.
1: I caught it too, but I didn't want to correct it. Well, you can, it. please,
0: because <laughs> otherwise I wouldn't have to do this. But it was God who wrote them down. Right. right. But it was Moses that brought them off the mountain, and it was Moses who captured them in word for us to read the Ten Commandments. So I wanted to be accurate and factually correct. I also want to remind our listeners here listening to Covenants, co-sponsored by the Wordhouse Incorporated Focus Consultation Services, Covenant Specialized Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry. My name is Dr. Michael David Clay, and you are Carolyn Barnett. Carolyn, we're going to finish today's podcast by just broadcast by just wishing our listeners a blessed week and hoping that they'll come back and visit with us again next week. God bless.